Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Uh, we're halfway through the week. Uh, I'm excited, I know you're excited. I have a very, very special show. Not gonna call this Tennessee Harmony because there is no Pastor Anthony. Hopefully we'll have Anthony on tomorrow in reaction to today's show. Uh, but we are going to go a little in depth into uh, spirituality, our religious walk, uh, and we're gonna do it with some NFL players and their pastor. Uh, it, this is a byproduct of those of you that have been following the show uh, every day or, or following the show closely, the conversation we've been having about uh, Hebrew Israelites. And you guys know that we had Bishop Nathaniel on, uh, last week or the, the week before, these days all run together for me, uh, but Bishop Nathaniel from the Israel United in Christ, the group of men that surrounded the Barclays Center uh, in support of Kyrie Irving. Uh, we, we had that interview a couple of weeks ago and one of the people that reached out to me about that interview was Robert Mathis, uh, the longtime Colts uh, defensive end, linebacker, pass rush specialist, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, one-time All-Pro, uh, sec I think 2013 maybe, second in the Defensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl champion uh, with Tony Dungy and, and Peyton Manning and all that. Robert Mathis reached out to me and was like, hey man, <clears throat> that stuff Bishop Nathaniel was talking, that doesn't jive with what he believes and what he knows to be uh, the real Israelite movement. He reached out to me over Instagram, and I was like, well, hey man, you know, love to hear uh, what you have to say in reaction uh, to Bishop Nathaniel. And he goes, I'll do you one better. Uh, I'll get my pastor and uh, some of my former NFL peers to come to the studio, and we'd love to talk about it. And so that's what we're going to do today. Robert Mathis is here, uh, so is Kabir, Kabir, say your last name for me. Bajabi Amila. Kabir Bajabi Amila is here as well. KGB, uh, he's in the Green Bay Packers Ring of Honor, was one of the best pass rushers for Green Bay uh, for a number of years. Uh, and their pastor, Pastor Charles Dow from Straightway uh, Ministries right here in Tennessee, in Lafayette, Tennessee, about an hour outside of Nashville. Many of you, uh, some of you may remember that KGB and Pastor Dow were uh, written about in a Sports Illustrated article in 2020. Now, KGB is 45 years old. He's been out of the NFL for quite some time. But in 2020, Sports Illustrated decided to write a story about KGB 
that uh, painted a very unflattering picture of Straightway Ministries and Pastor Charles Dow. Uh, they basically uh, accused KGB of being in a cult. And so uh, anyway, Robert Mathis reaches out to me. I reach back out to Robert and voila. And we got a couple other, Daniel Mir that played for the Colts and was a teammate of Robert Mathis. He's here, he'll join us later. TJ Clemens, Clemens uh, who was an offensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, is a member of Straightway Ministries. Uh, these guys feel like they know what a true Israelite is and it's not what Bishop Nathaniel uh, described. And so, Robert, I, I'm, I'm, because you reached out, I want to start with you first and just ask, what did you hear from Bishop Nathaniel that upset you? Uh, divisiveness, because as an Israelite man, we're supposed to spread the message, the gospel. And a lot of what he was saying didn't jive because it pushes people away from the, from, from, from the true and living Yah. He wants to bring his people in, all those that have an ear to hear. And how can you hear if you're spewing Okay, the white man is this, the white man is that, uh, kiss my boots and <clears throat> things like that. But all the divisiveness, it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't conducive to what Yah says in his book. Pastor Dow, did you see any of this or you just heard about it or what? You know what, better question, instead of reacting. What is it that you all believe uh, about being an Israelite and, and straightway ministries truth. What is it that you guys are trying to convey and spread? We're actually doing the same thing that our Messiah commanded us to do, which is go and preach the message to all the world. It's not limited to a certain group of people, a certain color of people. Um, we believe that everybody has an opportunity for salvation. Um, we, I just don't understand. I never could comprehend uh, some of the flow that they use in using discrimination and kind of like just ostracizing the rest of the nations from the message when that's not what Jesus said. He had told us to go out into all the world and preach the message to all people. And that's what would make us pretty much different from a lot of these Israelite camps is we actually, we don't discriminate against anyone. And it makes no difference to us what color you are or what non-color you are, or whatever you are. If the Messiah has filled you with the Holy Spirit and he has given you his spirit to be able to keep his commandments and walk in the newness of life, uh, then you are brothers and you are sisters. So, Justin, I, I think we can play this. I, I want to play this for the audience. Uh, this weekend, Robert sent me uh, their Saturday service. I just want to play a small part of it because just to show you what Straightway Ministries in Lafayette, Tennessee looks like, and I would imagine in some of the other cities where this is established, uh, I would imagine it's what it looks like as well inside their church. So I want to play the clip it's just 50 seconds, 60 seconds of some of their praise and worship uh, from Saturday that will give you and the audience a taste of what it looks like at Straightway Ministries.
That's on Saturday. I was invited to come up and would have come up uh, to see the services for myself. You guys heard me on Friday, wasn't feeling the best, wasn't able to make it. But my reaction, I did watch, it's a two and a half hour service. It's a little long, uh, <laughs> but it's a two and a half hour service. I watched it. And one of the things, particularly the first hour of the service, one of the overwhelming feelings I had was like, that's what the kingdom is supposed to look like. It's supposed to be Come on. everybody. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that was, would be off-putting to some, but was attractive to me was like, wow, this is really directed towards men. Uh, wow, this is a really masculine service. And uh, the men sit up front mm -hmm. in the first five, six pews, the rows, and the service is directed at men. And, and so one of the things I took away was like, oh, I could see why this would be attractive to football players and anybody that comes from a more masculine profession or masculine mindset, it's like your church is catering to men as leaders, catering to these natural instincts uh, that men have. And, and I would imagine that's why I've got four in a former NFL players here in studio with me today, but I would think KGB, the masculine energy and the patriarchal energy is part of the attraction that you feel to the church? I mean, it's most definitely uh, 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 an aspect of uh, straightway truth ministry of the masculine, because it's, 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 it's a patriarch uh, ministry. But what attracted to me is the love, the love of Christ and the love of the brethren. And so that's what really got me and attracted me to Straightway Truth Ministry is that that we show our love by keeping the commandments. The whole duty of man is to keep the commandments of Yah, to fear Yah and to keep his commandments. And and really came down to the Shabbat for me when I saw I was studying about the Sabbath back in the days. And then when I saw like, wow, they not only just say it, they're doing it as their way of showing love to the Messiah. So just because I try to make the show oh, accessible yeah. to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people may be way off into the word, mm -hmm. word. some people mm -hmm. just a limit. Shabbat, explain what you mean by that and, and why that was important to you. Uh, Sabbath, I mean, some people know is the uh, Sabbath, remember the Sabbath is one of yes. the commandments, the 10 commandments. Um, and we rest, we're commanded to keep that day holy. That's not, that's a time that we rest. That's a time that we're not buying or selling. Uh, it's a time for us to assemble, to hear the words of uh, Moses. Um, and in this case, you know, we go to what they call church or our assembly and things of that nature. And so when I saw that, I said, why are we not doing that on the Sabbath day? It's not just Sabbath, because, you know, back in our days when we played ball, Tuesday was our day off. So we just thought Sabbath was whatever day that was convenient for us. But no, there's a literal seventh day Sabbath. 
and it revolves around Jesus and not around what, what's convenient to us. Because when, when it was Tuesday, it was only because of the NFL schedule. But then how am I going to get connected to the rest of the assembly that, that Yah has? And he has a particular date, and it's the seventh day. And so once I saw that, um, <clears throat> I saw a video of Pastor Dow. He, he just popped up on my YouTube. I was, uh, maybe, maybe I was talking about but it popped up. And when I saw that, it, it compelled me because I never heard a man preach that way. The way he was speaking was very masculine. You know, I'm accustomed to more of a softer uh, tone uh, pastor. Um, but he gave me the, uh, the, 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 the reason biblically why we need to keep the Sabbath day holy. But he never showed in the video I saw, he didn't really tell us how to do it. So it compelled me to reach out to the ministry. And I did reach out, was able to eventually talk to him. Uh, eventually be able to talk to him and he, he invited me to come and check it out and um, I went to go check it out I, I was I was a, I was planning to go check it out and as of my uh, plans to go check it out um, my, my 16 years of marriage went down the tube right before my very own eyes uh, uh, before 19- after you got involved with straightway um, I was just wanted to go check it out I, I didn't know anything about straightway I just knew what I saw on, on, the, on the internet and, and I wanted to go check it out on the 21st of July. I had a, on, on the- What tr- year is this? 2000, uh, 2017. 2000. So 2017, I had, actually had a dream the night before on a Friday night, saw Pastor Dow. It compelled me enough, reached out. He said I can come out. So we were scheduled to come out there on July 21st. We? Me and my family. Gotcha. Me and my wife and my seven children at the time. And uh, we were gonna go out and visit straightway. He said that, hey, he told us whether well, we can stay hotel and you guys are more than welcome to come in. I didn't know why he needed to know how many numbers. Now I know why, because they have food and things of that nature. So I was gonna come out there and my wife uh, left me uh, and took my children and um, left me. In 2017? 2017 on the 19th. And I had to call pastor and say, hey pastor, I had a family emergency. I'm not gonna be able to make it. My wife left and took all my children. I don't know where she's hiding or where she's at. So. So were there prob- and the reason why this is relevant, just for, if you read the Sports Illustrated article, mm-hmm. a lot of it is built around KGB's relationship with his wife, mm-hmm. and they blame the religious mm-hmm. cult. They blame Straightway mm-hmm. and Pastor Dow, basically, mm-hmm. for the fallout of your marriage, but you're saying it happened even before that. Oh, it was before that. I mean, it really started with the whole image of God. I, I was one time reading, it was in 1 Corinthians 11, it says uh, the image of God was created, uh, the, 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 that man was creating the image of God. And, um, and I, was, I, never, I don't know why I didn't notice it before, but for whatever, I believe God just allowed me to see it differently, just really see it. And I remember telling my wife, I said, did you know as a woman, you weren't created as the image of God? And she, it really, it really, it got to her. And then, so when, so we were going back, it started in May. So we were going back and forth, kind of trying to figure out this whole image of God. She felt like, no, we're equal. I said, no, it says the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. We were going back and forth and I was trying to find videos of pastor that said that. I think Pastor Dow came up there, but I said, Ooh, I can't use that one to sell that to her. I had to find a pastor. So let me ask you this, yeah. KGB. You grew up in L.A. a Muslim. Mm-hmm. I grew up a Muslim with a Muslim father, yes. And so that is not part of the Muslim teaching that man... You know, God, man, woman, that, that, that patriarchal view of the world isn't, wasn't taught the way you were growing up? Because I'm wondering, you and your wife, y'all never had this discussion before marriage in terms of 
how your roles would play out in a marriage? Oh, we, we went through marriage counseling. and we, we actually did the whole pre-marriage counseling. I did grow up uh, with a Muslim uh, background. Um, Islam is a very patriarch type of religion. Um, my mom was a Christian, and I think just because of our Nigerian background too, it was it just our culture was very patriarchal in general. But we did talk about that. We, we said that we we're gonna uh, revolve our marriage around that Bible, and that's what we did. And so it's your wife pivoted on you then? I she mean, just didn't like the whole image of God thing. So once we got past the image, God said, okay, I, 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 I said, I will, I will, I will reserve my, my opinion on the, on, the, on the image of God. But then that's when we got to the head covering. And the head covering is what really started to spike things up because I said, because I have a daughter at this time at two years old. And I said, from now on, and I told my boys, I have six, I have seven boys, six boys, one girl, a total of seven now, but uh, six boys at the time. And I said, guys, from now on, when we pray, I want to make sure that my daughter, Sophia, has her head cover. Um, and um, so that's what we started to do. She didn't want to really do that yet until she came to that conclusion. She wanted to start praying with the family. And I, you know, I told her, I don't want you praying unless you have your head cover, because the Bible says that a woman should have her head covered. And so it was in all of this head covering and she was right there about to get to the point of say, OK, let me cover my head. And then that's when I found straightway. So we were we were had tension going on with the whole scripture. But when, when I found straightway, that was just the, the tip. That was the uh, the thing that broke the camel's back, you know. And then when I wanted to go out there, she just took my somebody suggested in the Christian community, one of her girlfriends and the Christian told her to <coughs> just leave him, leave him, hide. And uh, maybe you can bring him back that way. And so she was hoping that I would have acquiesced and capitulated to her demands by not listening to Straightway. Robert, are you married? Yes. Did you know your wife before you were involved with Straightway? Yes, sir. Any issues, any, or she knew this was who you were and y'all were already headed this direction or? Did, was there a struggle? Well, I have a strong, I have a, I grew, I grew up in a church. So she knew I have a, I guess, religious upbringing, things of that nature. But when I came, I started seeking truth. Like, who am I beyond 16, 19? So I did the Ancestry.com and, and all the- Beyond jump, 16, 19, black people coming to right, America. Right, right. So ahead. I'm trying to find out exactly who I am, <laughs> trying to seek truth, uh, going to Jehovah's Witness, uh, looking into commit. Uh, just trying to find something because I had an overwhelming urge to find out the truth because I wasn't getting anything the route I was going that I grew up mm -hmm. in. But anyway, I come across straightway Pastor Dow and what year? This was late 2018, but officially I took the plunge in 2019. Uh, my first feast was Passover 2019, and because I wanted to stop lying to my children, I have four. With the with the with the holidays, the the Christmas, the birth, all you know, the big four, it was a pro a massive it was a massive problem. And needless to say, uh, I took this walk by myself. So I'm no longer with her. So I'm following Pastor Dowell as he follows Christ. Robert, you, this name may again you were off in your career or whatever, but. This reminds, what's going on with you and KGB reminds me of 
and I, I talked about this last week, but I said I wasn't going to say his name, but I, I think he's perfectly fine. There's a kid that played football at Ball State in 2007, 2008, great football player, Dante Love. He was going to be a wide receiver in the NFL. This was, this was an undefeated Ball State team that was nationally ranked. He breaks his neck against Indiana University. I get involved in his life. He's like my adopted son. He's been telling me about the Israelite thing for the last five years. Wow. And uh, we've gone back and forth, and, and you know, I got my views, he's got his, but uh, he's got his woman on board. And uh, they, they got Hallelujah. two kids, and, and I gotta give this young dude credit, you know, he, he's carving out this path and, uh, and is, is, has his set of beliefs, and, and I've watched him, Dante, comes from really tough circumstances, a really tough upbringing. And, and I can only credit God, and Dante would come on and say, hey, I'm gonna give Jason Whitlock some credit, but it's just God. God has done miracles with this dude. This dude could barely read when he left college. Now he reads more books than anybody I know. Uh, and, and is as, you know, I wish he were here right now at this desk so he could go scripture for scripture with Pastor Dow, because I can't do it, <laughs> but he can. Uh, Pastor Dow, when uh, the Sports Illustrated painted your ministry as a cult mm -hmm. and basically said you're in control of everybody's life, you're mm -hmm. in control of everybody's money, is, mm -hmm. is, is, is that true? Uh, that's not true, and um, I'll give you a few reasons, a few reasons. People accuse us of being a cult because it's something they don't understand. And the reason why they don't understand it because they simply will not pick up the scriptures, the Bible, and read it for themselves. They would rather be told what to believe rather than actually do their own due diligence and read it for themselves. So I don't know where people come up with these allegations or accusations that I'm in control of people's lives and I'm running their lives or, and all this. Uh, our women, they all carry firearms. <laughs> There's no way that you're going to rule and dominate a, a free woman or a free man when they have the ability to be able to defend themselves. So these allegations are unfounded, unwarranted. Uh, what I have found out over the years is that when it's something that people don't understand, it's easier for them to criticize it and to mock it because it's not what they're familiar with rather than to actually look in it for itself. And so a lot of people have never even really truly looked into what straightway is all about. Um, Anytime. I mean, Jesus told us clearly, you will be hated of all men for my namesake. I've done nothing to nobody. I'm not hated because I've actually have done something to somebody. I'm hated because of my level of obedience to the word. Do people turn over their finances to you and the church? Actually, uh, I don't own anything. I don't have any finances at, at all. Um, we have... Uh, an assembly, and it all goes into one pot, every single bit of it. Um, and you, we get this from Acts chapter 2. I've certainly, well, that's the one thing that Sports Illustrated, I thought, got right. Mm -hmm. They compared y'all to Acts, mm -hmm. and that is a unique, effective mm -hmm. style of discipleship. And, you know, maybe and certainly I would say in this time, mm -hmm. we need more churches like Acts because the world has certainly gone crazy. But for people that 
Arn, again, as familiar with the word, mm -hmm. what's an Acts church look like in your view? Okay, it, it's, it's really simple. Over in Acts 238, it says, um, the apostle said, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Later on, he goes down and he says uh, that all that believed were together and had all things common, and no man had nothing that he called his own. And that's what we've done. And when you read about it over in Acts chapter 4 as well, you'll see that Janice and Jammers, they was there. They had proceeds just like with the rest of the assembly. They would put it all together. All you have to do is read it for yourself. It's sitting right there in the book of Acts. You can start uh, chapter 2, verse 40 and read it to the end. But they had common unity. They was in a common pot, common unity. And it's no different than if you're out here going to one of these functions and stuff. When, when people are, are going out here to get these functions going, they actually put all these proceeds together and they actually go out here and buy food. For an example, if you buy food, it's easier to buy food um, like the restaurants do in bulk rather than just actually just buying it individually because you end up paying more in the individual household. So out there we have been able to establish not only that community but 14 other communities because we have things common in a common unity. Um, nobody has a vehicle that they call their own. We do have our own dwelling places, our own homes, and we actually get that from the book as well. We actually build our own homes with our own hands, um, and nobody pays a rent, nobody pays a mortgage, and nobody has uh, a light bill, uh, car insurance, car note. I know it's, it sounds off the chain, but that is what Jesus told us to do. Um, Jesus, as a matter of fact, said that everyone that had forsaken houses, and lands, um, children, children, wives, husbands, children, in follow him in this regeneration, they'll receive a hundredfold in this life, and then in the life mm -hmm. to come, eternal life. So it's all written right there in the book. It's just that it's strange to people today because we live it, and in that living it, you get to see it right in front of your eyes. People are proclaiming that they are preaching a message, living a message, teaching a message, but when you look at them extremely close under a microscope, they're not doing it. So the condemnation is, is that Satan has actually has to raise up someone to try to condemn the just in what they're doing because they can't find anything in what we're doing wrong. They may not like some of our beliefs, they may not like some of our ideals, but if you just go to the scriptures, do your own due diligence, you'll find out that we are more on the right side of right, and we're far away from wrong. So <clears throat> what would you say to, because reading the story, it, it, it said in Lafayette, Tennessee, mm -hmm. some people live in houses, mm -hmm. some people live in trailers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I read that and go, oh boy, Jason Whitlock, he, I know how I like to live, mm -hmm. I like top floor or something. Uh, high-rise apartment, where, mm -hmm. you know, I got three bathrooms, and I'm the only one to live there. Uh, and, and, and it's like, I would come to Straightway, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't have three bathrooms, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, mm -hmm. is, is that accurate? I, I, I mean, I, I could be living in a trailer? 
I'm just keeping it real. Okay. okay. Well, I, I, I have to actually go to the beginning and explain it so you can really truly see what's yeah. going on. When we first moved out there on that land, um, people would mock us because we lived in what you call deplorable conditions. Uh, we didn't have running water in none of the trailers. We didn't have um, a kitchen or or a person, people having their own particular um you know, bathrooms, two or three bathrooms, any of that. We had a common dining hall and we built a shower house. Well, now we fast forward it 24 years later. Um, we actually have probably 90%, 95% of our buildings are structural homes that we built with our own hands, just like you would see on the road if you, if you would just drive down the road. And we have moved away from the trailers as the most has advanced us over the years. And so um, the whole idea is to eventually get everybody away from trailers, but the trailers that they're living in now are really nice trailers. <laughs> Some of them got two, three bathrooms. Uh, I don't know what they're saying, but they have two, three bathrooms. They have running water. They have their own kitchens. They have everything. So when we first started this, uh, resources was limited. Funds was limited. We didn't have as many people in the ministry, um, and we surely didn't have too many people with a good hard work ethic. Um, that actually came and that followed me after the military but um now when you look at our, our buildings and stuff i mean they can say that and they can have but they uh they're they're actually uh telling a flat out lie because they haven't been there they're called false witnesses if they literally haven't been there i live in a home that i built with my own hands 20 years ago and it has two bathrooms it has three bedrooms um Right across the street from me, there's a home I just we just built no more than maybe eight years, five, six, seven years ago. And it's got two bathrooms, three bedrooms, um, uh, air conditioned, wood stoves. It also has a wood stove, um, central air, air heating in some of them. Uh, so I don't know where these people are coming up with this stuff. I have no idea, but it's not true. Do y'all believe in polygamy? I do, but it's not polygamy. It's called polygyny. The world does polygamy. Um, a lot of people, they, um, they, I don't, I don't, I, the Bible doesn't speak about a man and a woman and a man or a man and man or woman and woman. Uh, it does speak clearly that Abraham, the father of the faith, uh, he had wives and concubines. Um, Jacob had four wives out of which come the 12 tribes of Israel. Moses, the custodian of the law, had three wives. Uh, David, the king of Israel, had 18 between wives and concubines. Of course, we all know about Solomon. Um, and, but it's, it's not, it's, it actually has laws written in the Torah, written in the law of Yah, that actually um, regulates and sanctions a man having more than one wife if he chooses to. That's probably the most difficult thing for traditional Christians to wrap their head around. That, that, that sounds like the Mormon church. Mm -hmm. And, and would, would you, y'all got something in common with the Mormon church? Or? Not at all. And I'll tell you, they, you know, as hypocritical as this world is today, they act like that they have trouble with polygyny, but they don't. Because here in the world, especially in Christianity, you have what you call serial polygyny or serial polygamy, where people get divorced, remarried, divorced, remarried, divorced, remarried, all sanctioned by the state. 
Every single one of them sanctioned by the state. Um, and many of them had, have had multiple partners. So they're actually practicing polygyny or polygamy. They're practicing it, but it's only um, looking good as window dressing because the state says or the law says. So when you go into Christian churches, it used to be a time that people would never, ever even think about um, divorce or remarriage. The women today pale in comparison to the the way our mothers and our grandmothers were. Papa could have been a rolling stone, but they stayed at home. They actually stayed at home and they've been married 40 and 50, 60 years until death do them part. Today, at the first sign of whatever I don't like or if it doesn't fit, people take off and run. So while people are championing themselves as being against something, when you carefully look at their lifestyle under a microscope, they're doing the very thing that they say that they're against. I need to pause for one second, <clears throat> take care of one of uh, my partners here, uh, preborn. Tragically, every minute unborn babies' futures are sucked out of existence. But amid the darkness, there's a light that shines, and that's preborn. Preborn introduces mothers considering abortion to their unborn babies through ultrasound. Once they hear that heartbeat and see the precious life, 80% of the time, that woman will choose life. Preborn pregnancy clinics are positioned in top abortion areas where most abortions still take place. But preborn doesn't stop there. They love and support these mothers with maternity clothes, diapers, counseling, and so much more for the first two years. If you want to do good this year and help save the lives of the innocent, you want preborn. Preborn is completely dependent on you, the pro life community, as they fight. <clears throat> the Giants. For just $28, you can rescue a baby's life. Or $140 sponsors five ultrasounds. And now, through a match, your gift is doubled. 100% of your donation will go towards saving babies. Our goal here at The Blaze and with Preborn is to save 50,000 lives. Will you join us? Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash Jason. You guys know that's my favorite way to donate. Preborn.com slash Jason. All right, you can email us uh, at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be back with a little bit more from uh, Pastor Dow, uh, KGB, and Robert Mathis. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to do some more with uh, Pastor Dow, Robert Mathis, and Kabir. Baja. Baja Biamilla, <laughs> thank you uh, very much. Uh, Pastor Dow, I want to circle back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, why uh, have you guys moving out, moved out to, I don't know, the hinterlands or mm -hmm. isolated yourself? Why have you done that? Actually, obeying what the book says. 
starting from the law over in Leviticus 20, um, over in Jeremiah 29, started verse 4, read it on down, actually what Jesus told us to do and what the apostles communicated to us by what Jesus said. It's all right down the book. Um, and of course, 2 Corinthians 6, you can start at verse 14, read on down through verse 17. It tells us, along with Revelations 18, 4, not only to come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I would receive you, and I will be an Elohim to you, and you will be my people. At the end of it, over in Revelations 18, 14, it says, come out of her, my people, that you be not a partaker of her plagues. So the reason why we come aside along with um, understanding the way that the first century Israelites were living but when they were under Roman occupation. Uh, the Israelites were together over in Acts chapter 2. Uh, you can read it in, in Matthew 10. Uh, you can read it in Acts chapter 4. You can see it clearly that, and even from the beginning, when Israel was in Mizraim or Egypt, when they were in captivity, they were together. When they come out of captivity, they were together. When they went in back into captivities, no matter what those captivities they were, they were together, and then they end up being scattered, but the Most High said that he would be like little sanctuaries. The reason why we have done this is because we are under the obedience of the Master, Jesus, and doing exactly what he instructed us to do, and it's bold very well for us, too. Uh, so we're out there. Um, we have our own school. Um, we have our, our own assembly. We have our own fellowship hall. Um, we're out there because it's easier for us to be able to live separate from the world while being in the world, but not part of the world. And it actually um, allows our people to, uh, more liberty and more freedom when, we can, when they can walk on that land and not to be worried about being harassed, tempted, driven, or tormented by uh, people out here or being uh, constantly around the temptations of the world. So we're not hiding like people think we are. Um, we're out there, and along with uh, 14 other communities, because we're following the mandate of what Jesus said. This is somewhat of a silly question, but I just want to ask. Mm -hmm. Do y'all got cable TV? Are y'all completely, do, you listen, do they listen to radio, Netflix, Amazon Prime? Are y'all completely just disconnected from the world? Well, we have fiber optic internet. <laughs> we have um, cell phones. Um, all the saints have monitors in their home to where they can net look at Netflix, um, TV, whatever you want to call it, football games, stream live. Uh, our services are actually stream live uh, every single week. As a matter of fact, constantly. Uh, so we do have modern technology. <clears throat> so I want to take you, and I told you before the show I was going to ask you this. How, are, are, does this jive with Matthew Five, verse 13, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salt again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and give it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's straight from Jesus' mouth. Mm -hmm. Can you do that from out in the middle of nowhere? Can you be that light on the hill? Can you? Are, are we not commanded mm -hmm. to go out and touch other souls? and to convert. 
others. Can you do that from in the middle of nowhere? I actually think we're doing a very good job of it. Um, I have 208,000 subscribers on YouTube. Um, I have all these brothers that have actually come to the ministry in itself. We actually, every pretty much the majority of the feast days, we run between oh, seven and 900 or 1,000 people. Um, our light is shining really bright. All over the world. Uh, it's not just a, a ministry here in the United States of America. This is a worldwide ministry. We have people in Finland and Kenya and Nigeria and England and uh, France and Germany, Japan, Australia. Uh, I can go on and on and on and on all across the United States of America, including Alaska, Puerto Rico, Jamaica. This straightway is just it's just not right here, you know, uh, hiding just because we live set apart. It's not that we can't be reached and we can't be found. Um, I, I've never, ever hid. Uh, in the late 90s, I was on um, international shortwave radio. I was on AM and FM stations all across this land, at least 15 of them. Um, I've been on YouTube for the last probably uh, 15 years, something like that, 8, 10, 15, something like that. I started in 2008, whatever that time, about 15 years. Um, so we are uh, extremely known. We're known. Everywhere I go, if, I, if I'm in an airport, if I'm even out of the country, somebody recognizes and knows Pastor Dow. You don't believe you were planning a church in your movement in Nashville, Tennessee. Why not? Why, why, why can't you do that? Well, again, we are extremely guarded with our children coming up. We don't want our children because in this world right here, there are a lot of things that they're exposed to that we don't agree with. We don't agree with the alternative lifestyles. We don't want them to grow up confused. Sports they, Illustrated accused you of being anti-queer I actually considered that a compliment and high praise, but I don't. How did you take it? I am. I'm anti. I'm anti. As a matter of fact, I can't stand it. You know what I mean? I can't stand it because it's sin, and what the people don't want to do today is define as sin. I'm anti. Gay, I'm anti-homosexual, I'm anti-lesbian, I'm anti-a woman being a Jezebel, ruling over the man and trying to take dominion over the home and not being in a proper place, which is under the headship and the patriarchal authority of a husband. I'm anti-anything that that Bible says. See, people want to throw jabs and put comments out there to sway the opinions of the court of public opinion, their mindset. But they're basically doing it based off of what they have believed in their head. They're not living. The book teaches us that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of Yah. So when they're attacking us, they're really truly not attacking us. They're attacking us because they hate him. And he reminds us that they hated him before they hated us. Again, any indictment that people want to put on us or place on us is not because we've done anything to them is what they are continually doing to us, which it doesn't bother us. So we live set apart. Our children know right from wrong. Our children have a moral system, a value system, and we teach that to them because if, if we teach them the commandments of Yah, the standards, the biblical standards of the way that the Bible says do things, they won't be confused. And so we're actually preserving our generation by keeping them away from the heathens, keeping them away from the pagans, keeping them away from things like uh, right now we're in the month of, of this world's Christmas, which Jeremiah 10 condemns it. Um, they, they have all these different 
pagan holidays that is esteemed and loved by the world. But we choose to keep y'all set apart commandments and keeping this feast. Y'all don't celebrate Pride Month? Pride, no, no, you know, Pride Month will, will, will it'll never be celebrated. Never, never, ever. It's it's amazing, literally. The everybody knows Pride is a sin, mm-hmm. and somehow we've turned it into this great celebration. I see friends of mine that that uh, put Pride across their chest or Pride, and and not even in the rainbow sense, just mm-hmm. Pride. And I'm just like. What what are we missing here? In ter- but let, let me. I'm going off of my own rant. I'm interested in your Can thoughts. Can I say something to yeah, that? Please go the, ahead. The book says pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When you, you you see the rainbow that these people are wearing, they are actually making a mockery of the Most High Yah. Because remember, Yah put the bow in the sky to remind us that He would never destroy the earth again by water, and you, He used the symbolism of a bow. So what does Satan do? He he. he takes these people that are contrary to what the book says, says a sodomite should not even, it, it, it should never be in Israel. It should never at, at all. A lesbian, all of these things, it's an abomination. They're going to burn, they're going to die, that's their choice, that's their decision, that's what they have in this life. But it is a 100% complete mockery of the Most High God to take something that he used as a symbol for us to be reminded that when we see that bow in the sky, he will never ever destroy the earth again by water, but it will be destroyed by fire. Who are the real Israelites? The, the real Israelites, according to the book, um, if you go back, it started with, Isaac, Jacob, started with Jacob, excuse me. Jacob had his name changed to Israel. Um, And then out of him come the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, And these are the Israelites that went into Egypt. And and the most I said out of Egypt, he has called his son. The Israelites um, that have been into captivity, whether people comprehend it, like it or not, the actual melanated people of this earth, um, especially those of us who are on this side of the pond, um, who have been bought over here in the slave ships and then and scattered throughout the Caribbean. We are the original Israelites that the Bible speaks about. So you agree with Bishop Nathaniel on that? I do. And it's because, you know, he connected it to scriptures that said that we would be brought over in ships and all that. Mm-hmm. And th- that's your justification as well, or? And again, well, also now, the, um, the, an Israelite today, an Israelite today is, is one that's, that's not born of the flesh, but of the spirit, mm-hmm. one that is born again. Uh, and born again is by receiving the Holy Spirit as well. So I don't stop there. I started there to go up to this point because we as Yehudims are charged to not only be lights. Say that again. Yehudims. What are that? That means well, those of us of the tribe of Judah. And Judah is just not one tribe. Judah consists of Judah, Benjamin, and Levite. Uh, they were the ones who actually who stayed in obedience with the Most High Yah. But the ten tribes that defected, um, they scattered up through the northern countries. And so an Israelite today, it, it would be very hard to say that Israelites today are only black people or melanated people. You can't do that. The only way you're going to be able to find out when someone is a true Israelite is, is if he gives them his Holy Spirit. And then they start keeping his commandments. That's when you really truly know what an Israelite is mm-hmm. today. Hallelujah. So anybody 
can be an Israelite. If they are born again of the water and of the spirit, been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, have met the conditions of the book and they're walking in the newness of life, they are Israelites. As a matter of fact, when you go over, uh, we're all familiar with the story of Esther and Mordecai. Uh, we remember Mordecai, um, he had this, this nimbus over there named Haman uh, who actually deceived the king in order to try to kill all the Israelites in that day. Um, and it didn't work. But the king, when he found out of, of the injustices that Haman was doing, he put him to death. He had already made a decree. He put it out that these, you know, that um, they got to go ahead and fight against these people. But you know what it says over in Esther 8:17? It says, and many people of the land became Jews. Mm -hmm. This is a pagan country that now the people, because of their fear of the Israelites, because of the way that the God of Israel protected them, they became Jews. That's what the book says. Also, uh, there's a man by the name of Timothy who had a father who was a Greek, but his mother was a Yehudi or a Jewish, which you will read in the book. Him is the one that Paul taught. Now, if you listen to a lot of these doctrines today, they will say based on the nationality of his father, he couldn't be an Israelite. But that's after the flesh. That's not after the spirit. Because now Paul took him, circumcised him, and then not only that, gave him instructions to ordain elders in every city. So Paul, them, they didn't, if, if, if the Greek man, his father, was a white man at that time, Paul didn't use that as a means to discriminate this man and his love for Yah, his love for Jesus. So this, this stuff is going on today that a lot of people are deceived based on the atrocities that have been done to us, and rightfully so, because we put ourselves in that position because we disobeyed the Most High Yah. And right now we're in exile to him. And we're living in exile to him until he comes back again. But this thing where people uh, are preaching a message that is not the gospel message, but they're preaching a message and they're getting a hold of the hurts and the disappointments and the pains that has happened to us over throughout the centuries and throughout the years. And that is what's drawing people in. That's, that's, that's not the message. That's another message, another gospel, and another Messiah being preached to them. Because we were drawn because of his love for us, shedding his blood on the tree. That's how we were drawn. He filled us with his Holy Spirit. His Spirit compelled us to keep his commandments. And now we're all walking in a newness of life. And it makes no difference if you're Jew or Greek, bond or free, male or female. For we're all one in Messiah. That's what the book says. I think I agree with all that. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. I can't That's find anything. Good. I disagree with that. Uh, did you have a reaction to the way the NBA reacted to Kyrie Irving and the Hebrews to Negroes documentary? Have you seen the Hebrews to Negroes documentary? Do you have any thoughts about any of that? I do. I, I, I actually hated the fact, the way that the NBA um, did the same thing they did with Colin Kaepernick, they did the same thing with Kyrie Irving. All he did was make a post. He didn't say anything about it, and all of a sudden the owner comes out. You know out. you just hit my funny bone. I can't stand Colin Kaepernick, but go ahead. Right. Go, go, ahead. But, go ahead. You just hit my funny bone. <laughs> <laughs> all he did was protest peacefully. You know, Colin Kaepernick's not connected to any God. Oh, I understand that. I was just using what he did. Right. 
as, yeah. and I'm yeah. actually associating this with, with Kyrie. Kyrie Irving, all the thing he did was make a post. Yeah. And then people put messages and put words into his mouth. Now all of a sudden, you got this, this juggernaut of these people all of a sudden now coming out against him and saying that he is anti-Semitic and, and hey, all this stuff, and he never communicated that at all. It's, it's sad. It really truly is sad what is going on today. It's like that it's okay for a certain demographic of people to be able to speak who are now so-called called the untouchables, the Jews, but when it's time for us to speak, now all of a sudden there's something wrong. Even if we make a post and the first thing he wanted to do is just disparage his man. And then I watch a lot of these people that are out there in social media and out there in media pile on and jump on this man for no reason whatsoever at all. Um, the Hebrews, the Negroes documentary, I know the man personally. I actually read that book probably ever since it first came out. I know Ron Dalton Jr. personally because in 2019, I was actually invited to go to Detroit, Michigan, where I actually received a Hebrew Man of the Year award. Um, and by Ron Dalton um, and his colleagues up there. So I know him personally. I know the sole reason I was up there for that particular uh, meeting is because they actually wanted to hear some of the things that I'm saying to you today. How can our people get free? And, you know, I think the straightway is pretty successful in what we're doing. By the most high, y'all, I'm not getting off on this, but, you know, you're looking at a ministry here that we own our own businesses. We have our own businesses. Um, and, and we just do things the right way. But getting back to the documentary over here, I'm amazed that this documentary has been up on Amazon all this time, and nobody is going after What's the name and owner of Amazon? Jeff Bezos. Nobody's going after him, and he still hasn't put it down. He hasn't taken it down. As a matter of fact, as soon as the book starts selling, they up the price, and nobody is saying nothing about Jeff Bezos. Did you watch the documentary? I have. You went I could only make it through about an hour and 15 minutes. It is extremely boring. It is, it is extremely boring, and it's, you've got to have some... You've got to want to. You, you've got to. It's, pain, it's, it's painful. And so is the book the same way? The book is mostly filled with history, but it's pretty much synonymous. But it's, it's not a boring read because all you're going to do is read history of what the scripture says. But nowhere in that documentary or in the book have I ever heard or seen it, what they call anti-Semitic. See, the problem today, Jason, is this, is that Israel is waking up. We know who we are now. And now we're able to wake up the nations and know who they are and bring them out from under the deception that has been crammed down our throats all these centuries. And because we are waking up, the first thing they want to do is try, just like the enemy does, stamp out all residue and resistance. They don't want the truth actually getting out here. They don't want people to actually truly know what's really truly going on. Now it's gotten to the point now it can't be stopped. It can't be stopped because people are actually, for the first time in their lives, picking that Bible up and reading it for themselves, going back and challenging these people who have been silhouettes in front of them and actually asking them the tough questions so that their family don't be lied to, so that their, 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 their children don't be lied to. It's sad what's going on today that Satan is exalted, but then as soon as we start talking about Jesus, you love Jesus, I love Jesus, um, and, but when I start talking about Jesus, all of a sudden we don't want to talk about Jesus no more. Pastor, you've been very interesting. Have the, and I asked KGB this, I think, yesterday. 
the the this magazine story comes out in 2020, mm-hmm. and it's like, I don't remember you being interviewed by anybody. Uh, is that because you haven't wanted to respond to anything there, or no one asked? Our book teaches us that out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, let every word be established. Sports Illustrated made this article right here, and they didn't get two or more witnesses. They just made accusations. I don't have time to give place to people like that that's automatically going to just start off attacking and, and accusing us. Why should I give them any, any time? They have not reached out to me. And they have not asked me for an interview. Now, I did. I think it was this one woman named Buffy Gorilla or something like that. No, I think she, um, that is her actual name, yeah. Buffy Gorilla. Uh, she, I think she tried to I'd get like to see her. in contact with her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's, a, that's a sight to see. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to reserve <laughs> But actually, um, uh, you know, journalism today is, is going the way to, of religion. It, it really truly is. It's, it's all tanking in the ground real fast. It's bad. You just, I'm glad you said that because in your sermon, I think on, yeah, Saturday that I watched, you called Christianity a pagan religion. Mm-hmm. Why, why isn't whatever the crimes of Christianity, why isn't that on the individual rather than the whole religion. Why would you call, couldn't Christianity just be, be being mispracticed by Christians rather than saying Christianity is a pagan religion? Well, no man can serve two masters. Mm-hmm. You can't do, you're either gonna love one and hold fast to him or you're going to hate one and then stay away from him. You cannot serve Yah and Mammon. You simply can't do it. When you look at the history of Christianity, it actually started in the, in the third century by the Roman Emperor Constantine. But prior to that, how it actually came into being is was all of these, these northern countries like the Vikings, the Wessex, the, the Scandinavians, um, the Saxons, and, and all of these people, when they were raiding England and all this, they, they ended up merging with England and they end up becoming the Church of England. Um, and the Church of England uh, got its start because of the Roman Catholic Church. The Romans were actually one time militarily a great empire. They went from being a great empire to religious. And that's where the Roman Catholic Church comes. So now the Roman Catholic Church is the big grand poobah of Christianity. And so if you are obeying what Christianity says, such as um, obeying the sun worship of Sunday, if you are celebrating their holidays, uh, Christmas, Easter, Sunday, and all this. Well, if you're going to be obedient to Yah, he has instructions for what we ought to be doing. So if you are obeying what Christianity says, then you are actually under its service. You are servants. You become a servant to that master. If you obey Yah, keep his commandments. Keep Passover, Pentecost, and the feast days, just like he says, tabernacles. Three times in a year, like it says in Deuteronomy 16, 16, you gather together, you meet under his obedience and banner. Now you're serving him. So people try to make distance by saying, well, you know, I, 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 my heart is, 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 is all for Jesus. But Jesus wouldn't leave you in disobedience. Mm-hmm. He would not. He would not. He's a jealous Elohim. He would not turn around and tell you that it's okay for you 
to serve other gods and go contrary to him because, I mean, this is the whole reason why we're in the condition we're in today is because of all this spiritual whoring around, which he hates. He, de he despises it. He wants his people to be obedient to him. You give me something to think about. I'll, I'll it's like when I watched y'all service mm -hmm. as a Christian, mm -hmm. the thing that was most pleasing to me was the y'all love Jesus. We do. And and that's what was like. And so I could see other Christians thinking like, well, hold on, man, we got some commonality. We love Jesus. Mm -hmm. we, we believe he's the light. He's the way, you know, he's our Lord and personal savior. Mm hmm. And you're basically what you're saying. That's not enough commonality. That's that that you you need more than that. Jason, uh, Jesus said, "If you love me, then keep my commandments." He that said that he loved me and keep not my commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Those are not Pastor Dow's words. Those are the words that come straight from the Messiah who was impaled on the tree and resurrected the third day. And we show our love out of obedience. The book says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear y'all. Keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And if you are breaking his commandments, then you don't have his spirit. Either you're blinded and you need to come out of that and be, come into the obedience of him. And the majority of scriptures I've been quoting here today has all come from the New Testament. But this is what he said in himself. So if you truly love him, any, anybody out there, if you really love him, you will keep his commandments because his commandments are not grievous. Mm -hmm. So I believe that you love Jesus. I believe a lot of people out there that are in Christianity, I believe that they love Jesus. I believe there are some sincere Christians out there that love Jesus. I just think that they're deceived. They're deceived not because they personally don't have some type of relationship with him, but if they want to take the relationship to a whole nother level, try obedience to him and see what happens. You will really truly understand then. Then come the power of Yah upon you. Well, you'll be able to obey the mandate when he says, go out into all the world. Proclaim the kingdom of heaven. Heal the sick. Cleanse the leopard. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Okay, and so some people will hear that the first thing you said was go out into the world. Mm -hmm. and, and they're like, no, man, you done went out to Lafayette, Louisiana, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Jason, if I am only in Lafayette, Tennessee, how am I reaching the whole world? I actually quite often hold many, many different um, uh, ministry trips throughout the year. I preach in Atlanta. I, I preach in uh, many different cities. Uh, I, I actually hold a lot of meetings and where I actually go out and actually evangelize, just like the book says. Uh, I just had another brother just do a, um, an actual um, a service in, in a, I believe it was Jacksonville, Florida. So people are accused us by saying because we live set apart that we're not getting out. Well, how did Ministry of Straightway get built if we're not accessible? How did the ministry of straightway get to the position and place where it is today if people don't have access to us? We obviously had to get out. I almost forgot to ask you this because you've said a lot of interesting things, but I almost forgot. I heard you on Saturday cuss in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. that, that, that I think you said shit. Yes. Uh, 
How come? Um, people today don't know the etymology of words. I often use the phrase and statement um, here in America that we have clean mouths but filthy lives. And people put a whole lot more uh, emphasis on what they call cursing. First of all, I've never cursed in my life. And under the understanding of what people are calling uh, curse words. A curse is actually uh, pronouncing uh, a bad judgment upon someone. It's actually trying to invoke demonic spirits, what they call cursing. I got a Japanese sister uh, out there on the land who I've known for over 20 something years. And I said, Sister Tomoko, can you please tell me? Now, I've traveled, I've been all, I've been on a lot of places on this earth, I've been everywhere. And only in America is the word shit considered a curse word. She said, I said, Tomoko, what is that right there? She says, ah, shit. She's from Japan. They don't know it as feces, boo-boo, doo-doo, and all this other stuff. They don't. So they call it a cuss word because it's something they don't like hearing. There are certain words that I don't mention, like the MF word. I don't, I don't say it because I don't want our children hearing it. But even though the etymology of the word simply means to strike. It's a Germanic word. That's what it is. And so what people do is society has said, we don't like these particular set of words. And that pretty much the only ones I really use is shit, damn, and hell. And so if people are going to focus more on the way that I delivered the word with vigor and strength and get offended at that one, one little word right there, then they've missed the whole message. Thank you. Uh... I, I got to get these football players in here and talk a little. I want to hear why they're so attracted to your ministry. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we'll hear from Daniel Mayer and uh, TJ Clemmings. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're joined once again by Kabir Baja Biamila. And now, uh, man, this show really got heavy. It, I don't think this show's ever been heavier. Uh, we got a bunch of linemen up in here. Uh, Daniel Muir uh, to play with the Colts, uh, defensive lineman with the Colts, TJ Clemmings, an offensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, and one other team, if I care. And Daniel, you played for some other teams as well, mm -hmm. the Packers. Mm -hmm. uh, and so these guys, all members of uh, Straightway Ministries as well, and, and so, Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you know, I said this to Pastor Allfair. I think I said it on air. Uh, the masculinity that is expressed uh, at Straightway Ministries and its very patriarchal approach, I, th I think that has to be very attractive in the era that we're living in now where there seems to be such a hostility towards male leadership. Oh, absolutely. When you when you look at straightway, <clears throat> and even what you shown uh, earlier with the clip of praise and worship, 
to see all these men up front leading the charge in everything. If you go to most churches out here today, you'll see women leading, praise and worship. You get, might get a couple hand claps. And you know, in, the, in what they call the black church, you'll see what they call worship. We worship, but it's led by the men. It's clearly led by the men. And it's not only just worship, it's in everything we do in life together. It's literally led by men. We build everything on our own. We learn. I didn't know <laughs> nothing about building, nothing about framing a home, nothing until I came to this ministry. And I was taught by men on how to do this thing because we know that the time is coming where one, as Shep said earlier, is commanded for us to be together. But is this the way this world is going? It's going to force you to. And you better have strong men leading the charge because if not, it's going to be bad. Daniel, you and I talked a little bit yesterday uh, over FaceTime, and, and you said your wife has come along on the journey with you. Your, your family survived you getting involved, and, but a lot of guys, that's not the case. Oh, that's not the, that, that wasn't the case for a lot of guys, but here's the difference. My wife loves me. My wife truly loves me. And not only does she love me, I've taught my wife for years. When Kabir introduced me with a video to Straightway, Kabir knew that he couldn't just come to me with anything because he knew that Daniel studies that Bible. He doesn't just talk about it, he actually reads it and he studies it. I held a Bible study uh, for about three years. Every Tuesday night, eight o'clock, and I would send a text, send a text, and guys would come and you know listen to what we were studying. So Kabir knew he just couldn't come to me with anything. So when I heard the video with Pastor Dow, the first emotion I had is I was pissed off. But I also connected because I was tired of what I was hearing from church to church. I was tired of hearing it. And because I knew the biggest thing that, 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 that happened to me, and I'm gonna get back to my wife, but the biggest thing that happened to me was I'm sitting here and I hear the Messiah make, word, make statements like, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And later on in the verse, he said, they're going to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. Well, that was a swift kick in my gut because I said, I believe, I believe. But these signs ain't following me if I'm truthful with myself. They're not following me. And then when I hear the Messiah, all he did was walk around and cast out demons. He would heal people. And then he said that these things, these works, greater works you would do. Because he's going back to the Father. Is what he said. And I had to be honest with myself. I said, wait a minute. These churches that I'm in, this is not taking place. And I would teach my wife, show her in the book. But this was one thing where I, I, I hit a wall. And I said, there has to be more. And this was when I really began to cry out to the Father. And then me and Kabir spoke, and he sent me this. And when I heard Pastor Dow's video, I was pissed off. Because <laughs> I said, man, who in the world is this man? This, I said, this country pastor. I said, why is he talking to me like this? This is a six minute video. And I had it full well set in my mind. I said, I'm going to prove this man wrong with this book. And a, a literal 30 minute video, no, a six minute video took me almost two weeks and I couldn't prove anything wrong. And then when I see that now, here's the, t Jason, at the end of the day, here's the tall tale sign of all of this thing is the power of Yah is right here, is right here. I have seen not only people healed, but my own son. That was something else where my wife was like, whoa, wait a minute. 
this has to be real. My, my middle son was diagnosed with autism. They tried to get me to put him on every type of medicine. They tried to get me to, you know, changing his diet, changing, and there's nothing wrong with changing the diet, but doing all of these things. And my son was nonverbal. He used to just scream and holler because he was in constant pain. His stomach was hard. And we didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, I went to Green Bay. And I met another pastor in this ministry, uh, Pastor Corey. And Pastor Corey laid hands on my son. And my son began to speak. Right there. <laughs> my son started speaking. My son started talking. His, there's no swelling in his belly. No more. There's none of this. And anybody who lives on community with us and knows my son personally, they know one thing about him. He loves a father. He loves to worship. He reads. He writes. He's well ahead in his grades. There's no... You know, sometimes they're like, well, you know, he still does this. It's none of that. He's a normal son. He's a normal child. This is what really attracted me because I said, you can't deny that. When you see somebody blind see, you can't deny that. And my wife always knew. She was like, I know one thing about my husband. My husband is not going to lead me into no foolishness. I did background checks on Pastor Dow. I, I really, really looked into this thing prior to going down there. And when I went down there, it was the most peace I've ever seen. I saw, as you alluded to earlier, people from every nation living together in common unity and loving one another. So, yes, my wife followed me because she's a wise woman and because she loves me. TJ, what's been your experience? Did your family stick with you? Are you married? Or yeah, So my, my wife, my ex-wife, uh, she did not stay um, and at the time I wasn't even looking for a new church or anything of that nature I was just I actually had moved out to the country in Minnesota uh, and bought a farm and I said you know what I see the signs the way the world's going I just need to learn how to grow my own food I need to learn how to deal with animals yeah this is something I can you know teach my children I can't teach them you know I mean you could teach them football but I didn't want them going down that route so I moved out to a farm and I'm home one day, just watching other homestead videos of other people with farms and, you know, trying to learn what they're doing. And the next video that comes up is of uh, Pastor Dow. And uh, the title of that video was America, Invest in Yourself. So now, you know, you see the thumbnail, Pastor Dow's at a, a work site, doing building. And I click the video and this man is talking hard. He's talking truth about this, the, the condition of where we are, you know, in the country and what's, what's coming in the future, what's going on. I'm like, man, I, I haven't heard anybody, you know, talk like this. Now, at the time when I was listening, I didn't know Pastor I was like actually a pastor. I thought it was just a name. Maybe he gave himself or something <laughs> on YouTube because, you know, people do that kind of stuff. And so I was like, man, this, this Pastor Dow guy is, uh, you know, he's talking truth. So for many, many weeks, I didn't even know that he was an Israelite. I didn't know that that was even thing I was just following and paying attention to his economical videos about you know what's going on around the world so I missed Sabbath services I didn't even know they were happening I don't know how the father did that wait that's where I was he met me there so I was just listening to Pastor Dow strictly off of where he what he was talking about um, we you know growing food farming having a homestead and all that stuff and so I was already doing that so I'm like okay cool move forward I start to come across a little bit more videos of Pastor Dow talking about uh, Christianity. Now, I, at the time, I'm still in Christianity, and I'm uh, 
kind of hit a plateau to where I'm like, okay, my pastor's gonna preach seasonal messages, meaning when it's Christmas time, it's gonna be a certain message. When it's marriage time, it's gonna be this message. I started to actually sit in services and be able to finish his next line. That's how, that's where I was. And so I kind of hit, hit yeah, I kind of hit a plateau and I'm like, if this is the height of what the Messiah Jesus is talking about or the Father's talking about, I mean, I was paying my tithe faithfully. I was doing everything that Christianity says that we should do. So it got to the point I'm like, man, if this is it, then I mean, I, I guess I made it to the top of Christianity. I, I, I don't know. And so um, I started watching Pastor Dow's videos about Christianity versus Israelites. And what Pastor Dow does, which a lot of preachers, if any, what they don't do is say, hey, go see if what I'm saying is so. Meaning, these are the verses. This is the chapter, this is the verse. Go read it for yourself and see if what I just said to you is in that book. And so Pastor Dow did that. I'm following him. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is right here. So now I kind of start, you know, going into, you know, keeping the Sabbath. And I'm having this conversation with my wife at the time. And she's, 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 she's like, okay, you know, we'll do this. And I didn't know how to keep the Sabbath. I just figured, okay, we're not going to do anything on the farm, you know, on Saturdays. And that's where we started. Um, we, you know, we started doing that. Um, it gets a little bit, you know, heavier on me to like, I think I need to maybe call the ministry and maybe go see, see what these people are about. Because you, you read stuff and you see, you know, false accusations and stuff and you're like, okay, I'm smarter than that. People say all kinds of stuff on the internet. The best thing to do is to go see for yourself. So I call the ministry, get in touch with Pastor Dow and he directs me to uh, Elder Kabir, who was Brother Kabir at the time, uh, directs me to him. So I'm four hours away. He's in Green Bay, I'm in Minnesota. I told my wife, I said, hey, I think you should come because if they are doing any wickedness, if women are being abused, if children are being abused, I'll be able to see it. You'll be able to see it. We could separate. I mean, I had a whole plan. Like, this is what we should do to see if what these was, was being said about this ministry on the Internet is true. My wife couldn't uh, come to, you know, come to herself to be able to follow me and go. Had another man convince her to not follow me, who was actually my counselor, Christian counselor at the time, who said, that, hey, you know, you don't need to follow him because it's going to show him that you're in agreement with him, which just my wife, she should be in agreement with me. So she took his word, listened to him. I end up going to Green Bay by myself. I get there and I walk into Elder's home where the community is, a whole bunch of people, white, black, Spanish, just like what you guys seen on the video. And I'm like, okay. And I, I, I've never felt a peace like that. Ever, and now I'm sitting there because I, I didn't know who I didn't know who, uh, uh, Elder Kabir was. I didn't know KGB. I, I literally didn't know his man until I spoke to him on the phone and looked him up. I'm like, oh, this guy's big time. So I go, I go to his home. I feel the peace, and this man gets a, a basin of water, sits me down, and he washes my feet. But washes my feet. As it's, it's, it's our one of our customs, you know, you sit down, you, you know, you go to somebody's home, they wash your feet, you welcome them to home. This man washed my feet, and I'm just like, what is going on? And now I'm seeing the sisters, how they're moving in peace, and I'm like, I can't, I can't find one sign of children being abused, women being abused in any way, shape, fashion, or form. And I'm looking hard. I'm looking hard. Can't find it. So now I go back home. I 
tell my wife about the experience. And I come back changed because now I'm angry because of what Christianity has done, the lies that they've said to me, the things, how they've put the woman above the man. And I come to a man's home whose his house is in order, other brother's home is, is, is in order. Children are obedient to their parents. Uh, wives submitted and obedient to their husbands. And I'm seeing this, I'm like, this, this, ain't, this ain't how it is <laughs> where I'm coming from. And so I'm like, uh, I was blown away. I was blown away. So long story short, uh, my wife just, she never comes. Uh, I go back to visit again to just confirm and uh, see uh, Elder Kabir again and uh, see the saints. And um, that is where uh, deliverance actually happened. I got baptized and deliverance happened. Now, I, I grew up in, my father's a pastor, the Church of God of Prophecy, a Pentecostal church. And you see people jumping around and all these things, but you don't actually see deliverance where somebody comes and says, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. These are the thoughts that are in my head. This is what's going on. I'm battling this every day, I'm at, at night, whenever. I need help. So we ended up in the deliverance session and Elder Kabir, at the, you know, just say, hey, okay, I'll, I'll work with you, I'll help you. I tell him what's going on with me. And I don't know what's about to happen. I, I, you know, I, I kind of seen it, you know, demons, you know, being cast out and stuff, but I, I, didn't, I didn't think anything maybe was gonna happen. I don't know, I didn't know what was gonna happen. He starts doing deliverance on me and demons start coming out. And I'm sitting here, my mind is conscious, but something else is happening at the same time as he's, you know, helping me in this deliverance. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting there like, I'm 30, I think I might've been 29 or 30 at the time. I'm like, you tell me all my life, whatever that was that just came out has been living in there. And so now I knew, okay, wow, these people follow this book. Cause Jesus said, okay, you should be able to cast out devils. That's what Jesus did. So now I come here and this man played the same sport I did, made it to the highest of heights, and he's casting devils out of me. And so now I'm completely blown. So now I go back, trying to call my wife, trying to do everything. Something in me, in my spirit was like, I think you're about to get a phone call. I go back, actually my sister was with me. She came to see it as well. And uh, I'm driving back to Minnesota. I get a phone call from the police. I've done nothing at this time but just do my due diligence to check out straightway. They're trying to find out where I'm at, what's going on. The whole time my wife already had uh, put in some kind of order of protection on me. I never abused her. I have YouTube videos of her with my children on the farm learning how to farm. There's nobody who, are, who can ever say I abused this woman or anything of that nature. But now I all of a sudden have an order for protection. I can't go back to my own 25 acre farm where I was just there. I don't know what I can do. My children are gone. The door was open, literally open. Like she left in a hurry. She called me, said, when do you think you're coming back? I said, I'm on my way now. I pull up, the lights are on in the house. My dog is gone. My children are gone. Uh, my two children that I had, and she was pregnant with triplets, who I had till this day I have never met. Haven't seen them. She won't allow you to see your kids? Her in the state. Because you're involved with Straightway? Because I just want to learn about the Sabbath. And I wanted to do what the Bible actually says. So I lost, I lost everything. But I gained everything.
Yeah. And these are and these are Christian. I mean, these are. I mean, we're deep, knee deep in Christianity, so we know the Christian. I've been doing it for 16 years, yep. and my Christian wife, supported by Christian pastors, <laughs> several Christian pastors in the community that we gave millions of dollars to. I, I had a son. I have not met him to this day. It's been, I think it's been five years I have not met him. And can I meet him? Yes, it's going to require me to denounce Jesus Christ yes. to see them. So I can't see them, but I'm going to have to denounce Christ from not keeping the commandments. If I keep on keeping this commandment, continue to affiliate with Straightway, that's what it's going to require. And I refuse to denounce Jesus Christ to see my son. Jesus says to be my disciples, you have to hate your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your wife your children, yes, even your own life. And so I have chosen to choose love Jesus and hate my, my family. But it doesn't mean I hate them, it just means that I love Yah more than I love my family. They say, hey, you want, you want to go see your son go play football? You want to show your son that you love him? Go watch him go play football. I say, what day does he play? He plays on Friday nights, Saturday morning. That falls on Shabbat. And so I can't go, because if I go to his game to show him I love him, then I have to hate God. They said, okay, how about this? My wife told me, this is the last time I could have saved my family. If we come back home, does the children have to keep the Shabbat with you? I looked at the commandments. It says you, your sons, your daughters, <laughs> your male servants, anybody that's within your gates has to keep the Sabbath. I said, yes, if they come back into this house, they have to keep the Sabbath. She said, when you come back to your senses, uh, we're not going to come back until you come back to your senses. We're going to remain Christians. Deep, these are, these are big time radio stations. Q90 in Wisconsin, the biggest Christian radio station in Wisconsin, support her behavior, literally supported her behavior. Mm -hmm. And only Pastor Dow is the one that came down here to try to set the record straight to kind of come and check out the condition to see the type of home I have my family in. I mean, is my, is my house, uh, no, it's, it's you wonderful. know, came in, he says, hey, it looks like you provide for your family and everything. And, and, and you, did you want your wife to come here? I said, yes. Well, she's in disobedience. And so it's, this is Christian. This, and so when we attack, it's not that we're attacking Christianity, but Christianity is worshiping a different God. I know they use same, the same words, the Bible, Jesus, and that. But at the end of the day, they're not keeping the commandments. Roman Catholics do not teach you how to love Jesus. They actually teach you how to hate. And our women, our women, Rob, our women, they're just doing what Christianity teaches. They teach you how to hate. And when you follow the true Jesus, it teaches you how to love God and how to love your brethren. And that is the difference between us and Christianity. <clears throat> it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around, because like, I believe in religious freedom. And so <clears throat> I'm a Christian, not walking away from that. But what y'all do isn't offensive to me. And so if, if the Sabbath is on Saturday for you all, that's not offensive to me. Hallelujah. It, it, it's, it's, oh, okay, that's what they do. And, and, you know, trust me, I'll look into it and investigate for myself, see what conclusions I, maybe y'all right, maybe I'm wrong, who, who knows? Hey, but, we wrong, please tell us, please love us enough. <laughs> love us enough just to tell us so, straight, so we can get out of this craziness. <laughs> but, uh, wow, uh, you guys have uh, shared your hearts and some interesting stories. I'm so glad you all made the time. Uh, I, 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 we may have to do a part two because uh, there's much more I would like to delve into, but we're 
we're out of time for today. Uh, great job, fellas. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, we'll play some tomorrow, and that means we'll see you tomorrow. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation. We all just wanna have freedom. Sitting on the corner, never been alone. I'm breaking my back for freedom. Blessed, we are living, get back. We are receiving, all receiving. We all wanna be free. We want freedom. I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be, I just want.